This is Mark Fletcher, and welcome to my world. Welcome to Southern Tales, tall and other, uh, other, otherwise. Did I get that right? Religion in the South is not optional. In my little town of maybe 7,000 people, we must have had 50 churches. I think 45 of them were Baptist. According to the Pew Research Center, 71% of Southerners believe in God, compared to 55% of the rest of the country. The frequency of prayer in the South is 64% versus 45% in the rest of the country. You see, we pray a lot in the South, and there are some good reasons. Remember, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. It's just a Southern thing. Sit back and enjoy Southern Tales, Episode 6, Southern Churches and the Catholic Thing. So, let me start off and tell you, listen, if you want to get offended, you probably can in this episode. So, this is your warning. Um, Yeah. So, if you want to leave and skip this and go to Episode 7, where you might get offended as well, I mean, do it. And I always try to warn you if I think I'm going to offend you, but I might offend you just by being here. But... If you can't talk about religion, for sure, and can't like make light of it every now and then, move on. You won't think it's funny. And if you haven't listened to previous episodes, please pause and go back and listen. I keep saying this, but these stories are meant to build a foundation about the people, personalities, places that will eventually paint a picture of absolute craziness, stupidity, sex, drugs, death, and of course, rock and roll. We had a lot of music out in the sticks. Uh, and it framed most of these stories. Listen, I've lived this life. I've lived these stories. I've heard these stories. I'm still here to talk about it. A lot of these folks aren't. These are stories about me, my family, brothers, sisters, cousins, aunts, uncles. Some are actually related to me, and some might as well be, and some we're not too sure. And while there may be some disputes about the actual facts, this is the way I remember it, and in my opinion... Every goddamn word is true.
Southern Churches and the Catholic Thing. My earliest memories of church are of me sitting in the pews far back in the church, which must have meant that my father went that Sunday because he would never sit in the front because he really wasn't that interested or so I thought. My mother was interested or so I thought she thought or pretended to be or whatever the situation. And and we were going to a little Methodist church out in the sticks. There must never have been more than 40 or 50 people there, maybe 60 on a big day. Um... Uh, maybe more or less. Our preacher, when I first started going there, was a young guy, a man named John Archer. And, and, and John, he was a shining symbol of Jesus. I mean, I really think that he could have been a great TV preacher because he just kind of radiated as he spoke. And he was young and, and, and you know, just had everything going for him. Uh, he, had some, he had some young kids. One, uh, Johnny, was a year older than me, I think, and we became friends. But, you know... John Archer, he kind of walked and talked like I thought Jesus probably did. I mean, he was kind and gentle and kind of had this, like I say, he would just beam with the love of Jesus. And, and of course, just like the army, the Methodists, they'd rotate their preachers every couple of years. And soon we got the great Reverend Norman Crittenden. Norm was the anti-Archer. Remember, I didn't say anti-Christ, I said anti-Archer, because he was. He was probably 50, maybe 45, 50. He had kids in college, uh, jet black hair, thick Coke bottle glasses, a complexion that got real red the more he screamed, which was all the time. And he could sweat like a pig. I mean, I am sure he soaked some Bibles during his time. Uh, As mentioned before in previous episodes, remember, and we will probably have a Norman Crittenden episode one time, but... When he screamed and shook his fist and talked about hellfire and brimstone and the bleeding heart of Jesus Christ, I was thinking he was screaming right at me. I'm like a seven or eight-year-old kid. It scared the hell out of me. Well, maybe not the hell out of me, but it scared me. Um, but I was sure he was screaming at me. So I, you know, I immediately started searching for every possible way that I could get me some more Jesus when Norman wasn't around and And one night I saw a Billy Graham special on TV and all these thousands of people were being saved and it was so cool. And I wrote Billy Graham a letter, you know, saying I needed me some more Jesus because I wasn't sure I was getting enough from Norman because I only saw him once or twice a week. Um, and, 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 you know, Norm gave me the impression that too much was never enough when it came to Jesus. But. Then as, just as I reached puberty and figured out that I really wasn't that scared of Norman anymore, he moved on and they brought in a 65 or 70-year-old uh, reverend who was near retirement, John Underwood. And the truth is, John nursed me to about the best spiritual health I ever had. Uh, reverend John was, was grandfatherly and, and, man, I loved him. We would play chess together and, and I wanted to spend as much time with him as I could. I remember riding my bicycle seven miles from our house to the, his parsonage right by the church in the middle of the summer just so I could hang out with him. Um, when I graduated high school, he gave me a, a book that I still have called Inspiration with his you know, little note inside. And Anyway, I, I digress. How can, I, how can that happen? I've got to quit doing that. I was talking about religion in the South, and this is how it was. This is how I felt. I knew that Jesus was just around the corner, and like Santa Claus, you better watch out. Now, there were no popular kids who went to our little country church, 
They all went to the big fancy church in town. That was just fine with me. I mean, everyone was either Baptist or Methodist. Uh, black or white, those were our religions, as if they were officially sanctioned by our little town. In ninth grade, a new kid moved to town. Paul was from parts unknown. I still don't know where he really came from, but he just happened to be a great quarterback. Well, quickly, he became very popular. But Paul wasn't like the other popular kids who I detested. <laughs> he would talk to us. I mean, we were the, the, the lower class kids, the geeks, the spazzes, the nobodies like me. One day at recess, uh, there were too many people to play softball, and so we had like 15 kids in the field, and Paul was the second baseman. They hit a ball to Paul, and Paul went between his legs and came to me, and I fielded it and threw the guy out at first. Paul actually turned around and thanked me. I almost fell down. Then came the day as a sophomore when I noticed some dirt on Paul's forehead. Being such a nice kid, I whispered to him. I said, hey, dude, you got some stuff on your face. He then stopped and explained to me what Ash Sunday was and why it was important to his Catholic religion. I was stunned. All I knew about Catholics was what I saw on the news, and they were fighting the Protestants in Northern Ireland. I wondered if he might be a terrorist or something. I, I knew there wasn't a Catholic church or synagogue or whatever they call them in our town. He said he had to drive 30 minutes to their church. Wow. <laughs> My dad would never drive 30 minutes to a church. I mean, unless it was some kind of a giveaway or something. But um, Paul... And he was a great example for the Catholic Church. And he was never ashamed of his religion. And he made me think the Catholics, they might be decent folks. Except for that fighting the Protestants thing. That I still don't think I understand because we aren't, we're not fighting each other. I mean, right? Anyway, once I got to Memphis, my brushes with religion got somewhat erratic. You see... Religion didn't really fit in real well with either the rock and roll scene or the fraternity scene. Um, I used to go to the Christian um, Student Center on Wednesday nights because they had a $2 meal. Um, I met a girl. Anyway, so, so there were some circumstances. Uh, you can only guess what. They caused me to start to attend a Baptist church. Remember, in Mrs. Manus's class, I had the revelation that I might not be that perfect and needed me some church. So, you know, in those days, I at least attended Sunday school pretty regular. I think I met a girl there. Anyway, I like the discussion part of Sunday school, and, and that's something that Norman Crittenden never gave you the opportunity to comment or voice your own thoughts because uh, he was so busy screaming. And I think he was hard of hearing, my dad later told me. But it was here that I probably should have just kept quiet. I'm a young adult, and this was during the time when AIDS was an epidemic, and this class was thinking that the queers were getting what they deserved. It was God's way of teaching them a lesson. They hated not only gays and lesbians, but also church people who were in other religions. They called Catholics a cult. They cheered when an abortion doctor was murdered. After a while, I thought, well, gee whiz, uh, maybe you should speak up. I asked one day how they know, how they knew that God, he didn't put gays on this earth to see if, maybe he put gays on this earth to see if we could love them. Made perfect sense to me. 
The next week, they asked me not to come back, and if I did, would I please stand out in the parking lot and watch their cars so they wouldn't get broken into? They even gave me a vest and a flashlight. I did it one Sunday, and the other guy out there was also a subversive like me who thought that maybe God loved everybody. That was the last time I went to that church. And, and I bounced around church-wise for a while. I went to something called Central Church, and I still don't know what denomination they are, but they had a lot of sports facilities. They did lots of cool things, but once again, I spoke up at Sunday school, and later the teacher pulled me aside and said that I might want to change churches because he called me a universalist. What is that, I asked. He said, it's someone who thinks God loves everyone, regardless of religion or creed orientation. I told him that was me. He said I needed to go to a church somewhere else. Eventually, believe it or not, I wound up in a Catholic church. Years and years after Paul showed me that Catholics could be good people. It, it was cool. I loved all the smoke and blessings and really laid-back ceremonial stuff. I was into it. Now, I was a little disappointed there was no yelling or screaming. I always thought it needed me just a little Jesus fired into me, but it was still okay. Then one day, the, uh, the priest was announced in Scripture reading. He said today's verse comes from the book of Hamilton, Joe Frank, and Reynolds or something like that. I had never heard of that book and knew the good book pretty damn well. I did, did not mean to, but I blurted out, what the hell? I was so shocked, but not as shocked as all the Catholics sitting around me. Later, several people told me that the Catholics had added several extra books into their Bible. I tell you, it sounded like heresy to me. I thought God handed the Bible to Moses or Joseph or somebody. <sighs> oh, oh, well. Now, I'm back to being a Methodist like my father before me. And just like my father before me, pretty sure I wouldn't drive 30 minutes to any church. For the liner notes to this episode and all episodes of the Southern Tales podcast, please go to broadneckmusic.com. Here you will find out more info about the episode and, and some depth and questions and screw-ups and corrections and whatnot. you also find out more about our kick-ass theme music for T.R. Crooks, a little band from Paris, Tennessee. There's a contact email address, which is st. Podcast at gmail.com and we have a Facebook page you can also relate your stories and eventually maybe we'll have an episode or episodes with your stories if you get enough questions at the end of season one we'll have question and answer episode once again thanks for listening and please tell one friend about the fun we're having and the smile you have see you next week on Southern Tales Southern Tales